Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I'm Race for the Prize. Race for the Prize on Twitter, raceforthepriz.com. That's where you get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet for the month of February. 30 bucks, all the races, all the series. Maybe you just want to go easy at first. Check out the Daytona, 12 bucks for that weekend. A lot of sheets there. You just simply will Venmo or PayPal cash app money to me today. Let's talk plates. Before we talk about the plate racing, and we'll do just a real quick refresher on who's good, who's not good, who's been good recently. Just look at the clash data that you could have gotten. If you went to raceforthepriz.com and purchased the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet, you can see the lap-by-lap data I was able to scrape and pull to give you so that you would have some numbers to go through. I know it's a bit of a rush. Trust me. I'll tell you all about that. And then you can look at the super page where you got all the averages and the projections and all the data that you needed to make good picks. Hopefully you enjoyed the class sheets and We'll spread the word and share these spreadsheets with other people, or we'll share that. You can go to racesurprise.com and get these things and like and subscribe to the videos. Today, let's talk about plates, cup series. There is a lot of data in this sheet. The restrictor plate or super speedway, pack racing, draft racing, whatever you want to do at Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta. I will lump them all together. Just real quick, because there will be arguments over, oh, is Atlanta this or is Atlanta that? I get it. I understand. Those are all fair arguments of whether Atlanta is a true super speedway yet. My belief is that it will become. I mean, if you just watch it with your eyes, we don't have to spend too much time. Oh, is Atlanta really a talent? Is it the super speedway? Well, have you watched a couple laps there? What did you see? All right, that's it. Let's move on. What are we doing? What are we doing? Have you watched and glad to the new Atlanta? Okay. What did you see? Okay. Let's move on. And if you really are like, oh, no, well, it's going to be colder this year. There's going to be more grip this year. So I would imagine even more packing racing, draft racing. And being it's a back-to-back plate race following Daytona, I expect a lot of times. All right, moving on. Atlanta is a super speedway. We're done with this. Let's stop. Talladega and Daytona. So we've got a lot of finishes. Got a lot of data to go through to determine who are the better plate racers, who are not the best plate racers. And it's always a matter of degree. There is no one that always does well. There is no one that always does poorly. There are some people on the outside of the bell curve. Denny Hamlin has had more success. You know, Dale Hurt Jr., Dale Earnhardt at plate tracks than other drivers, but they weren't 100%. And then Martin Truex Jr., for a time, was really, really bad at these races. Is it skill? Is it luck? Is it fate? I don't really know what to tell you, and that there's just not an answer, but some guys tend to run better here and have some sort of skills. Some people just tend to be luckier. Some people run better at Talladega than at Daytona and vice versa. We've seen it all. We've analyzed it all. We've broken it all down. And you can come away with your own perspective if you just simply go get your access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet, and you can look at the numbers. Where I will start is survival rate survival ranking you can look at lead lap finish running at the finish what i've simply done with the sheet is how many times have you finished outside of the top 20 if you finish outside of the top 20 in a plate race you more than likely wrecked or when involved in a wreck and if you wreck or are involved in wreck then you're not going to be in the winning lineup. I want drivers that are going to be in the winning lineup. 
So who, you know, has the best chance of getting in there? So to finish, to finish first, first you must finish. So we're looking for drivers that have a knack of finishing the race at least. And then once we go from there, then we can be more discerning and try to pick better drivers. Chandler Smith, at the moment, ranks number one. But we're drawing from a very small sample size of, what, two plate races? At least it is two plate races. But in his two plate races, so you can see that over here, under count, number of races, column DV1, two plate races, not a big sample size, non-top 20s, zero. He finished them both inside the top, I think he finished both in the top 10, at least in terms of DFS, which you can see here, your DFS score, he scored the fourth most daily fantasy points in the 2023 Fall Talladega race. In the 2023 Fall Daytona race, he scored the 10th most fantasy points. But in his two races, he has not had a bad day. 15th at Daytona, 12th at Talladega, he survived. So he has zero races outside the top 10. Now let's go to a driver with a much bigger sample size, but Wallace. We're going to just give you a real taste of what he has been doing in terms of plate racing. I got too many sheets over at the moment. Let's give the browser a little bit of a rest there. You can see Bubba Wallace has been racing at Daytona since 2017. That's a large sample size. Talladega since 2018. We got a lot of races. Pretty legitimate number. Not a small sample size. And in all of those races... Only six times has he failed to finish inside the top 20. So that puts his survival rate at, the survival rate would be 79%. His wreck out rate would be 21%. That's really strong. Most drivers, given the nature of this racing, would hover around the 50% mark. So to be around 30 percentage points higher, Quite a few races, 29 races. That's pretty strong. Ryan Blaney is the next guy on the list. Not a surprise. Driver that's run really well, only nine times. And I believe his sample size is even a little bit bigger. Whereas Bubba's 29 races, Ryan Blaney's 36 races. Blaney nine times outside of the top 20. But 75% of the time, He's inside the top 25. Only 25% of the time outside. Eric Almarola, another name. These are drivers that are going to be players that we want to, you know, put on our radar. Now, if they're starting close to the front, maybe we're not going to play them. If they're starting in the back, they're going to be the most popular drivers on the slate. I'm not sure Eric Almarola is going to be in a car this week, so I'm not going to spend too much time on him. But he did go on that Talladega run where he was optimal like every single time. You can see that over here, just to point out the stats. We can even see in columns L through N, when were they in the optimal lineup? Eric Amarola, since we've been doing DraftKings Fantasy NASCAR, 10 times he's been in the optimal lineup. Six of those were at Talladega, three of those were at Daytona. That leads the pack. 
And a lot of that's influenced by this crazy run he had here from 2016 to 2020 at Talladega. Either way, somehow he beat the odds, just kept finishing up front over and over and over, and that did the job. Who else are we looking at in terms of survival rate? Well, no surprise. And that's why I believe that this number is a pretty solid number to look at. Denny Hamlin, 27%. Only 10 times has he finished outside of the top 20. And that's over the course of more races than Blaney. Blaney had 36. Denny Hamlin, we're talking about 37. Not a surprise, Denny Hamlin is near the top of this list. So, again, if you can get Denny Hamlin starting in the back, you take him. You can even consider these guys up front if you think for whatever reason they're going to score enough place differential points and then hit a podium, which they're all capable of doing. But if right now, not knowing place differential or starting grid, just you know, looking over, doing our refresh, but Wallace, good plate racer. Ryan Blaney, good plate racer. Denny Hamlin. And this non-top 20 is giving us the numbers we need. And we will confirm this by looking at average finish next. Austin Sendrick, day 2500 winner in the past. He's also won in the Xfinity Series. And he drives for Penske. He has a 31% non-top 20. So 69% of the time, he's finishing in a position that we need. Ty Dillon has also been, it's not really under the radar. Maybe for the mainstream media. But most play, people playing DFS NASCAR are aware that Ty Dillon has been very solid and consistent in Daily Fantasy NASCAR at the plate tracks. Now, the knock against him is, so we're seeing him finish a lot. The knock is that he isn't always in the optimal lineup. He does have three optimal lineups, but we would expect it to be a little bit more, given he's always cheap, expecting him probably to start towards the back. So, I mean, you think about it. He's always affordable at a restricted plate race. More than likely in his equipment, he would start towards the back. And he's finishing all of these races. Why hasn't he been optimal more? And the problem with Dylan, and it's not a huge knock, and if you played him, you probably won a lot of money. You may not have taken the thing down. It's, you see a perfect example here from 2020 Talladega to the 2017. His finishes were 12th, 10th, 17th, 15th, 15th, 11th, 13th. So he was surviving these races, but at the end, he just wasn't doing anything. And a more aggressive driver on the final laps was going to get a couple extra points, move a little bit closer to the top 10, and that guy would typically bump Ty Dillon out of the winning lineup. He didn't kill your lineups. But he wasn't able to separate you from the best lineups because he just didn't seem to push towards the end. His Daytonas are kind of all over the place. You know, if you can find me someone who can specifically explain the rationale. I mean, I know Daytona is tighter. Maybe Daytona is more prestigious. Maybe it's the time of the calendar which the Daytona races fall. It's the beginning of the season and it's the crazy summer race. And perhaps that lends itself to the more erratic nature and the volatile result of Daytona. Whereas Talladega seems to be a little bit more contained and safe. But those are all just theories. We're going to need to 
get some microscopes out and some lab mice to someday figure this one out. Next on the list, little surprise to see Chase Briscoe on here. I haven't really started identifying him as a great plate racer. I'd like to see what his average finishes are. In terms of average finish and ranking it, he's just 19th. You can see that over here in columns BV and BVD.1. So again, Chandler Smith right now with an average finish of 14th at the Super Speedway is misleading. It's skewed because he only has two races. Whereas we look at Ryan Blaney, who has raced, what, 31 times, and his average finish is 14th. That is a very solid number. Amarola, Hamlin, Sendrick. So we can cross-reference. All right, are you finishing the races? Okay, where are you finishing the races, and how does that compare to the rest of the field? Obviously, Blaney, Amarola, Hamlin, awesome. Sendrick is right there. Now, when we go down to Ty Dillon and Chase Briscoe, they're surviving, but their average finish in comparison to these other drivers, not quite as sharp. And if we are really being tough and trying to discern and pick out the best drivers, we're going to need those extra points to win. A 15th place finish, especially if that driver's not starting in the absolute back, that is not going to get the job done. Justin Haley's been a smidge, it's been better. And it's not a surprise. It's got a little bit of a skew here from this Daytona summer win with the lightly shortened race. But give the kid credit, he finished that race. Did he get absolutely lucky? Yeah. But everybody that was still running at that time got lucky. So he just got a little bit more lucky than the few cars that had survived that crazy Daytona weekend. And he had tons of success in his finish series plate racing. He's up here in terms of non-wrecking. Kevin Harvick, good survival rate. I remember writing up him years ago. This was early days at DraftKings doing NASCAR write-ups. And he had a heck of a streak of top 15s at the super speedways. And he kind of went through a little bit of a drought, and you can see here. But then he picked it right back up, and so... But again, we can't really play him. Austin Dillon, past Daytona 500 winner, Daytona summer winner. He's won in the Xfinity Series. He survives pretty decent. Well, not bad. Now we get to, I mean, even these guys at 35%, 36%, 37%, it's still pretty solid. And if we were like, well, is that really that good? If, you know, Kyle Busch... 13 non-top. Now, this is not his entire career because he's been racing much longer, but we're talking about the history of Daily Fantasy NASCAR at DraftKings. Kyle Busch, 13 times, has finished outside the top 20. The rest, or the other 65%, he's inside the top 20. His average finish is 18th. So we can use the plate average to kind of see, all right, is this still a good number? Yeah, it's still fine. He's still top 10. Busher's been strong. And you can even look at individual races. Some guys are much better at Daytona than Talladega. But you look at Michael McDowell and Alex Bowman. They rank fifth and fourth at Daytona. We flip over and look at Talladega, and they rank 30th and 31st. I know what you're saying. It's just the way that it is. And it's the stats that you need to go through and pay attention to in the spreadsheet. You can't just simply ignore it and say, oh, it's gobbledygook fiddlesticks. You can, if you want, and just say, nah, they're all the same. 
Or you can just say, look, I don't know. I can't really completely tell you why Daytona is different for some drivers. Talladega is different for some drivers. Why Atlanta is different for some drivers. You can just accept what we can see in the data. And that's, I would rather play Michael McDowell at Daytona than Talladega. I would rather play Alex Bowman at Daytona than Talladega. Bowman's got a top 10 and three of the last five. He's got pretty good odds, too. If you want to look at a guy to bet for the Daytona 500, his odds are surprisingly long. You might want to look into that. He definitely can win. We know he's always on the front row. We know he has a fast Hendrick car. We know he'll have teammates. Chevy connection. Maybe Chevy, knowing their body, is going to have some sort of drafting, alliance, allegiance, dominance at Daytona. All those things could happen, and he still has pretty long odds. We know McDowell won as a 100-to-1 underdog. Front Row Motorsports has always put together really strong plate cars. And going back to the Colwitt Landing Castle days, going back even further than that, Pre-DraftKings with David Reagan getting a push from David Gillen at Talladega for the win. I believe that was 2013, if my memory serves me correctly, back during the tandem drafting days. All right, let's close out by looking at who's not been good. These guys, small sample size, poor cars. I don't really want to hammer them. J.J. Yaley's not been good, but one place I want to point out for J.J. Yaley recently, if we look at Atlanta, he did get a 7th place at Atlanta. He did get an 11th place at Talladega. So overall, J.J. Yaley has not been a very strong daily fantasy NASCAR play at DraftKings. But last year, he hit twice. As bad as some of these guys are, they can't hit. Burton has not been good at all. As I mentioned earlier, Martin Truex Jr. has just been awful at the restrictor plates. But I think he has bounced back a little at Daytona. If I look, a little bit of success here at Daytona. But overall, 18 times he has finished outside of the top 20. It's pretty rough. William Byron's had struggles. Daniel Suarez has had struggles. Ross Chastain has had struggles. Brad Keselowski is kind of bouncing back. Overall, he's cut a top five rate at the plate races. That's fifth best. Let's get eight top fives. 22% of the time he finishes in the top five. Problem is he also has 16 times he's finished outside the top 20. That's not necessarily a bad thing. In DraftKings Daily Fantasy NASCAR, it is all or nothing. And the worst thing we could have is a Ty Dillon type of performance where, oh, you survived, but then you didn't do anything with it. At least with Brad Kozlowski, you know you're either going to get a winning ticket or you're setting the thing on fire. You're not going to get caught in the middle. You're not going to get a, a dryer plane that's safe and laying up. And a lot of that was, I mean, just Brad Kozlowski had a terrible run here at Daytona where he just couldn't finish the race. Used to be automatic, one of the best. Had that terrible run. And so you can see it right here, too. But... Seems like maybe he's back on the right side of history and starting to run well. I think that'll do it for today's Daily Fantasy NASCAR podcast. We'll look real quick at some clash data. Here are the optimal, here's the optimal lineup 
from the clash it was Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Chase Briscoe, each of which scored you know the most fantasy points at 68.95, 67.3, and then the third most with Briscoe 54.7. Then it goes down to Ty Gibbs, despite being in an incident, still with 21 laps led points, 11.7 fast lap points. He ended up with 42.7. That was the seventh or the eighth most on the slate. Then you got Brad Kozlowski with the ninth most fantasy points. Nemechek with the tenth most. You spend all of your salary, which is what I tweeted out as we got closer. Well, no, I tweeted back. I thought it was going to be different. I went back and forth. Early in the week, leave money on the table. We get closer to the event. Oh, salaries are tight. You're going to spend it all. Oh, it's a crazy tight racing window now all of a sudden. I think we might leave money on the table. That didn't happen. So I was wrong, and I was right, and I was wrong again. Awesome. Thanks for joining me for the Fantasy NASCAR podcast, RaceForThePrize.com. Projections, practice data, results, metrics, optimizers, mass entry tool, PayPal.me, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App. Follow me on Twitter, at RaceForThePrize. All right, that's all that you need for today. Plenty of time to talk plates over the next couple weeks.